Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level 3, this is Sports Rage. I am Morency. Sirius XM Channel 159. George Kurtz kicking us from the Sports Grid Radio Television Networks. So, George, Mike Trout has hit a home run in seven consecutive games, one shy of the Major League Baseball record. Trout is the first right-handed uh, hitter to hit uh, to homer in seven straight games since Kevin Mench, which surprises me, in 2006. That's Kevin Mench uh, that did this. But it's amazing because Otani just topped 100 the other day. It's like amazing. These guys are really like killing it late. It's like, where the hell was this the whole time, man? But uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff going on in baseball right now. Hitting a home run in seven straight games. Are you going to bet this? He's, I got to get a piece of this tomorrow that he does get to eight, right? I, that's something I also believe in. I keep I, I like to bet streaks because I can only be wrong once, right? When the streak's done, all right, it's done, lost, fine. But as long as you won a couple, two, three times in a row at least, uh, you're, you're good. You're good to go there. So, yeah, I'm going to bet it again. Why not? It's Cleveland. Uh, ball does travel somewhat. Plus 260. great about it, mind you. It's not a great ballpark, and they can pitch a little bit, Cleveland. But, yeah, give me Trout to hit another one tomorrow. I hope he does. Plus 260. Those are the odds right now for Mike Trout to hit a home run tomorrow. And um, better than that. The, well, he's hit a, He's Mike Trout. He's hit a home. They're not going to give it away. You know what I'm saying? Look, Otani's three to one. Otani is three to one. So, like, you know, they're not. They don't give him. What, what do you want for Mike Trout? What do you think they're going to give you? Plus five hundred. It's to, to hit a home run, though. I mean, at any one time. I mean, also, you're not going to hit a home run. Uh, oh, that's Cody Morris. Okay, I like Trout a little bit more now. I don't know who Cody Morris is, but he ain't, he ain't, he ain't that good. <laughs> See, he's the captain chalk, like I said. Maybe this guy's really good. You don't even know. You're like, oh, he can't be good. <laughs> if he was a top guy, I would know who he is. I follow the minor leagues. But, man, I, Cody Morris, dang, don't know you. Never heard of him. I think someone picked him up in my fantasy league uh, <laughs> this week. That's about all I can tell you because he's a two-star pitcher. And I'm three away right now. Well, Albert Poulos is three away, but we're now three away which we sh- I should get there. You and I have talked about this. I got a nice number of plus 950 for Pujols to get to 700. It'd be a massive disappointment 
uh, if he didn't. I see people talking. Like, like I saw someone today tweeting, well, it doesn't matter if uh, people are juicing in pitches. People are juicing in pitches. I don't understand. Like, it's not like people are lobbing the ball over the plate for him, George. You know what I mean? Like, could that happen on the last Sunday of the season? Maybe. Right? But it's not like constant or anything. Or other people, oh, he must be on steroids now or something. Like, people are just jerks. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, whatever, dude. The guy's hitting home runs. Like, he's a massive man. If he makes, you know what I mean? If he's going to hit the ball, he's going to hit the ball. He's dialed in. He clearly wants to get there and he's one of the greatest hitters of all time it doesn't surprise me at all why is anybody rooting against, unless you're a fan of the team he's playing that day why are you rooting against him I uh, I get it if there's some kind of if there's a make sense for rooting interest you're on you're on the other team whatever you have an under fine other than that why are you rooting against him I mean he's generally played the game right yeah he's, we've never heard of being trouble with anybody or being a jerk uh, he was pretty cool the other day the fan that caught his uh, 697 ball um, I think it was the, she went, uh, they went to the game a couple of days, uh, a year that a uh, pastor father passed away. I'll wait for the radio audience. The late night anger management class, this is Sports Rage. I am Maranci, the Pits, the players, the hustlers, the people of Bustler, with everybody else in between. All right, we got George Kurtz just for a couple of more moments uh, here this evening. As uh, week one of the National Football League is uh, done, we got a big-time game on Thursday night between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers, both of which uh, were victorious in week one. So, uh, George, what are you looking at uh, tomorrow? What are you looking at uh, this week? You're going to be betting the, uh, the baseball. I know you're not breaking down the upcoming World Cup of soccer. So what do you what's uh, what's on the docket tonight for you and tomorrow? That's a fairly safe bet about the World Cup. Uh, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you who's uh, well, I, I could guess what uh, countries are playing, but I wouldn't know who the uh, favorite is. England, Germany, Brazil, aren't they good teams? Spain? Yeah, it's it pretty good. You could apply. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad right there. You know, uh, you, you, are, uh, you know the World Cup is a pretty big event that's coming up, huh? Just saying. Yeah, the last time, uh, the only time I really watch it when I'm at the gym is on one of the TVs. So I, I do tend to watch the gym, make the time go by a little quicker. But I'll be honest, I don't care. I just don't care. How much time you do know, you spend at the, the gym? States, you be, <laughs> not going to lose any sleep if they don't win it. Or if they get eliminated in round one. I do find all the controversies that are funny. You know, uh, stuff happens there too. You know, they missed offsides, they missed this, they missed the other thing. So I think that's kind of cool because it's every sport. It doesn't matter what it is, no matter what, what country you're in. There's always somebody bitching about something. <laughs> All right, so what what are you looking at tomorrow in baseball, George? I think Alcantara bounces back for the uh, Marlins. Had a poor start last time. I think he bounces back. Uh, he's not going to win the Cy Young. Well, he, I, think he, I think he will win the Cy Young, but it's going to be a little tougher if he keeps having another bad start here. Uh, bad team. I think he needs to bounce back here. Uh, I'm getting a pretty good price on the, on the Houston Astros to beat the Tigers tomorrow because it's Hunter Brown starting. Sort of like Cody Morris. Never heard of this guy either. But at minus 225, that's going to be a parlay opportunity. Uh, but I think I'll take them on the uh, the run line anyway. Minus uh, run and a half, minus 134. I'm going to like that. Uh, I'm probably going to go with the Mets. Minus run and a half at minus 170 with the Grom. Cubs aren't scoring tomorrow. Mets will score me a couple of runs. I won't have to worry about that. Not touching the Yankees. I don't care if Coles against Preventer and Boston. I still don't trust them, but I'm no longer betting against them. Either. George Kurtz. All right, George, get some rest before you end up in the asylum. You're going to need it, considering you're a Yankee and Cowboy fan. Buckle up. There's a lot of chaos coming up. <laughs> this is Sports Rage. Bring it.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Sports Rage. I am Gable Brancy. The Prince, the Flares, the Hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. We're breaking it down. Sirius XM Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Let's bring in the creator of the NFL Draft, the Bible on SI.com. Also, Jacob Sports. Rick Saratella steps up and in. What's going on, Rick? Always a pleasure, my man. Hey, my man, we got real football going on. No more preseason predictions, prognostications, and over-analysis. We're talking about results. We're talking about the journey to the Super Bowl, and it's on and popping. We got college football to talk about. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, and the college football shuffle has already begun early. It was a wild uh, weekend of college football, and it's funny because, yes, it's week one of the National Football League going into week two, Uh, But work has already begun on the upcoming draft as well. But before we get to that, it was a wild, wild weekend in the National Football League. Let's start off with a team that you and I have talked a lot about over the years. The New York football giants look like uh, the same old, same old song and dance in the first half, right? They're down 13-0. They can't stop Derrick Henry. Daniel Jones is turning the football over. But... They fought through the adversity. They battled back. It was a roller coaster. They ended. They end up winning the football game. But ultimately, you throw up the win and the loss. You know, the takeaway has to be the fact that when Saquon Barth, Barkley is healthy and he's on the football field, he's a very bad man. When Saquon Barkley is healthy, the culture of the football can football team can change real quick. And how about Brian Dayball? I mean, he's got the biggest balls of them all. Going for it, a two-point conversion to win the game week one. Are you kidding me? I mean, we would have never seen that from any previous Giants head coach. There's a change of attitude there. There's a change of culture going on. And suddenly there's optimism and hope in the Meadowlands. Now, I will say this. I've never seen Dayball. You know, I'm surprised this didn't go national, maybe because the Giants stink so much and they've been irrelevant for so long. Daniel Jones was up to Daniel Jones things again at the end of that game before Barkley won it for him. He threw an interception, a costly one. And right before the commercial break, they showed Dayball going over to Daniel Jones like, bro, what was that? What are you doing? 
Like, and Daniel Jones was like, oh, oh, hey, okay, I better get it together. Like, you know, it ain't just like the same old song and dance going on in Jersey. Like, there, there's like panic going on if you don't produce now. And I think you saw Sterling Shepard get rejuvenated, making big plays. The team just really uh, took on the whole energy given off by Saquon Barkley. And that's what they drafted him to do. I think Saquon Barkley's a lot like the, you know, the franchise itself. They've got a chip on their shoulder. You know, they're, they've had higher expectations and they don't want to be laughed at uh, anymore. But look, man, I used to, I used to like, um, they used to practice right beside us like every day. And I could feel the negativity, bro, like through the fence, Rick. You know what I mean? Like, I'm dead serious. Like, I would drive by. I remember, like, once I got, like, I don't know, the, the most retweets ever type of deal. I drove, I was in the Uber, and I'm going past. And I took a shot of the, the offices. I said, hey, guys, this is the building where all the mistakes are made. <laughs> and uh, it's like their, their HQ. I used to see workers coming out of there, bro. It looked like they were leaving a factory. Like, they've had their, their, their head down. Players would be speeding out of there and stuff. And I was like, man. What a negative, like, aura around that practice field and around that building, man. Not the same right now. Listen, the players need to – you need to buy in. I know it sounds cliche, but they're buying in. And as you stated, Dable held Jones accountable, but what did he do on the key drives? He put the ball in his hand, and he said, listen, let's – you notice, dude, he did the same damn things that the Bills did with Josh Allen. Run a little bootleg to the left, bro. <laughs> Just delay. Run a little bootleg to the left. You're a big kid. You can get there. On the third down, he fell down, of course. He heard short. And I'm like, oh, come on, bro. And then they went back to him again on fourth down. They're like, all right, we're going to go back to you again on this. I liked what they did there. Let's see if they can follow it up with a win against the Panthers this week. Then there'll really be a lot of excitement, man, in Jersey. Let's just be real. Well, yeah, and the news that Dak Prescott's going to miss at least six to eight weeks. Suddenly, the NFC East is pretty wide open again. There's no uh, dominant team. So really. How happy were they with your Philly boys this morning? <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, uh, you know, listen, I'll tell you what. The Lions punched them in the mouth, and the Eagles took it on the chin. They took their best shot. First sold-out game in, in that stadium in about three years, 70,000 strong. There was communication issues. You saw 12 men on the field. You saw a delay of game penalties. And listen, the Lions, I got news for you. Josh Reynolds made a really big play. He wasn't on the squad last year when the Eagles whooped them 44 to six. When Jamison Williams comes back in the second half of the season with DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown, like Amon Ross St. Brown has eight catches in seven consecutive games. He's like the fifth wide receiver in NFL history to do that. He, and he's a blocker. He's blocking his ass off down the field. Suddenly, DeAndre Swift, he was inside, he was outside. Jamal Williams is a hard-nosed runner. Like, the, the Lions are not an easy out. So, you know, I gave uh, defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon a hard time on my show. We'll see if he gets it together. Jalen Hurts did what he had to do. You know, one, two, read, and tuck it and run. Ran it 17 times for 90 yards, but four different players with a rushing touchdown that hasn't happened in 60 years in Philadelphia. So, Hey, at the end of the day, a run game, the defense didn't show up, but a run game can still win in the NFL. Yeah. It's more about just wins and losses, although it's all about wins and losses, but at the same point in time, you know, fans, you guys can know this and coaches definitely do where you can win a football game in week one and know that you've got a lot of problems moving forward. 
right? You could say, yeah, yeah, we won. But, you know, in a coach's meeting, you could be like, guys, we got big problems. Forget that we won the game on Sunday. We got big problems. But if I'm the Eagles, got to love, got to love they got that ground game going. Right? I mean, we've been hearing for years. Miles, it's ironic. Where'd Miles Sanders play? Was with Saquon Barkley, right? You know what I'm saying? We've been hearing this. Man, if Sanders is on the field, bro, if they just get Sanders going and they were never able to really, you know, get that ground game clicking last year, if they get that ground game going, let me just throw one thing. Any concern about Devontae Smith uh, and the lack of production? No, I mean, I think, you know, there's if it continues to be so lopsided, like 13 of 32 passes were attempted towards AJ Brown. Nobody else on the team got more than four targets. Now Devonta Smith did drop a ball in the first quarter. So, I mean, listen, every week, like Goddard still had a big play touchdown, three catches for 60 yards. He did his thing. I saw him running people over. He was running hard towards that end zone, that dude, man. No, he is, he's a player now. And to, to your point, the, even Boston Scott got 13 reps. Kenneth Gainwell, 22 reps. Uh, uh, you know, the three-headed monster, that committee by backfield. The offense is going to be okay. It's the defense. Like Brandon Graham, speaking of problems, this, this Nick Sariani club med atmosphere. Hey, we're going to get into the season healthy. Hey, uh, we're going to have a 60 minute practices. Hey, we're going to do chalk talk. Uh, you know, and then you come out, you get a season ending injury to Derek Barnett week one. Now you've got to account for that. Could JPP be on line one? I don't know. Uh, We'll see. There's some hope. Jordan Davis. I saw a, a number. Jordan Davis, when he was in the game, uh, the Lions only averaged 2.9 yards per run. When he was out of the game, they averaged about 10 yards per carry, and he only played 22 reps. Like they got to get that hit, that young man in the game more. So we shall see. It's you know NFC East. The Giants suddenly have optimism. The the Commanders took care of business. Like I said, it's not going to be. And I saw the, the the line shift in Vegas now with Pres, Prescott out. It's like minus 150 for the Eagles to win that division. I got news for you. It's not going to be that easy. I was already on the Eagles to win the division. I still feel pretty good about it, but it is amazing that a division that has been such a train wreck that it has been for years, that three of the four teams are waking up pretty optimistic uh, the first Monday morning, besides the Dallas Cowboys. But don't worry about the Cowboys, because Jerry Jones always makes sure that he has a top-tier backup quarterback to take over. We'll hit this more uh, on the other side with Rick Saratella. Let's get biblical. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
This is Sports Rage. I am Rex. You can the part for hustlers. The people that bust them, the Rex, Aaron Tellers, and everybody else in between. We're kicking it. We're getting biblical NFL draft Bible uh, style. Uh, Rick is throwing it down daily now uh, on the boardwalk in Atlantic City at uh, the uh, resort. Uh, casino and a beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautiful resort uh, right, right on the uh, the boardwalk. So uh, before we move on to a couple of other uh, topics, it was a train wreck for the Dallas Cowboys. Not only did Dak Prescott get injured, but they were terrible before he got injured anyways. Like it doesn't like it looked like if Dak Prescott plays every week, it doesn't look like it matters. This is a football team that was completely unprepared uh, to play football on Sunday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And all we heard was about how the Bucs, well, you know, Tom Brady, does it really matter if Tom Brady wasn't at camp like once? Like, he's Tom Brady, bro. How many times have we heard over the years why it's a bad spot for Tom Brady and how his team's in a bad situation? Did they look great? No, but they were better than Dallas. Taking care of business, that's what Tom Brady continues to do, and you know, there's an old saying that the quarterback's the most important position on the team. And the second most important position on the team is the backup quarterback. And the Cowboys thought so much about their backups, Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci. Not only did they cut one, Gabe, they cut both quarterbacks. They had one freaking quarterback. They technically don't have any quarterbacks on the roster. I tweeted about it. You're right. The Dallas Cowboys, I remember the story. Dallas Cowboys will approach season with no backup quarterback. They got guys on the. they just sign them back off the practice roster. Say, so they got Will Greer. Listen, all due respect to Will Greer. Will Greer wouldn't make the Toronto Argonauts, bro. How is he on the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, so I don't now, know if he beats out your boy, Bethel Thompson. Hey, McLeod, he can play now. I mean, he, he actually chose to take the, the CFL route when he could have possibly went back to the NFL as a backup. He just wants to play ball. But I'll say this. Now they got to figure out who are we going to collect off the scrap heap? Cam Newton, Mason Rudolph. I mean, that's the predicament the Dallas Cowboys are in for the next two months. That's scary. This is not a playoff team. When Noah Brown, I think undrafted out of Ohio State, is your biggest playmaker? Suddenly, I mean, they got out away from the run game. Ezekiel Elliott was not much of a factor. Tony Pollard, to me, is still the best running back on that team. And, you know, Tyron Smith played better than expected for all the concern about the left tackle position. I thought Smith handled himself adequately. But Tampa Bay, you know, at the end of the day, the NFC, after what we saw from the Rams, what you saw firsthand, the NFC might run through Tampa. When it's all said and done. That was my prediction. Buffalo and Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. And it's not that I think Tampa is great. You just said it right there. Who's going to beat them? It's one of those deals. It's like, yeah, they're an aging fighter and stuff. And it's like, yeah, they're not as fast as they used to be. It's like, yeah, well, all right, punk. <laughs> get, in the, get in the cage and beat the guy and see if you can beat him. Because it's going to be tough. Um it's still early. It's still early, but it feels that way. And as a Buffalo Bill fan, it almost feels like it has to be this way. Like, if that was my vision of it. I was like, man. You want to be the gonna, Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to get there. You got to beat the best. And who's waiting? Yeah. Tom Brady. The oh, guy that went 30 What a Super Bowl. <laughs> What a Super Bowl that would Can be. Can you imagine that if it was Josh Allen and the Bills against and the Bucks? Buckle up. Sign me up right now. I'm ready. I, that's, that's what I want. That's what I want to see. Changing wow. the guard. And how about how about Leonard Fournette setting the tone? Hello? <laughs> yeah. 
That dude, I, I wouldn't want to get in front of him. <laughs> like, By the way, did you see Le'Veon Bell knock out Adrian Peterson over the weekend? I got to be honest, man. Normally, I, I'm like, I feel sorry for these dudes when they do this stuff. He looked pretty good. Like, I Le'Veon, gotta say. He looked like a natural, like, fighter, bro. It's like, bro, I almost thought, I was like, well, he's not that old. It's not like he's an old, washed-up athlete or anything. He's a tough dude. And he's a gifted athlete. Like, look at him. He looked good. He shocked me. I thought I had Peterson in that. And it's not fighting his kid, bro. Oh, shit. Now, <laughs> no sticks involved, but hey. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to eat. Couldn't shock him. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, leave me on belt. You know, I, I won't underestimate him anymore. No, no, exactly. I saw that, and I thought, you know what, man? I think Bell's going to make some money with one of these Paul brothers or something yeah, right like this down the road. Yeah, pay-per-view. <laughs> Why not? All right, so it's not on pay-per-view, but speaking of the Bills, we got a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. The Titans, the Titans and the Bills, and um, and you get the Vikings and the Eagles. What, what, what's what's the talk? What, what's your feeling about that? Because I tell you what, the Vikings look damn good. And, man, Jefferson's going to be a hard guy to stop, bro. The way they move him around. Did you see that? Like, you know, he's in a slot. He's on the side. Oh, he's a slant. No, he's going deep. That's the O'Connell factor, the Cooper Cup aspect, so to speak. Move him around. He's good enough to do it. And how the hell do you stop it when you don't know where he's going to line up on every play? Yeah, uh, I think they were the most balanced offensive attack in terms of pass and run. They were almost 50-50. And Dalvin Cook is one of the few bell cow running backs. Alex, Alexander Madison, oh, by the way, one of the best backups, doesn't get much of a chance. Oh, that's a great one-two punch combo right there. And the yards after contract, you know, the Eagles, I mean, this was a problem around the entire NFL, but the Eagles did a terrible job of wrap-up tackling. They got gashed in the run game. Dalvin Cook's in line for a big game. That's a good point, right? Swift did, Swift did kill them, absolutely Probably. killed them. Yeah. Javon Hargrave got smoked. Uh, you know, they, they did not, Josh Sweat, uh, uh, a Pro Bowl selection, got stonewalled by Penny Sewell. Uh, Taylor Decker on the other end w- was a problem. And so the Vikings, who turned over about 30 to 40 guys on this roster, kept the core intact. They reloaded with a new GM, a new head coach in Stefanski. They, they, they got the Thielen Jefferson one two punch. Don't sleep on KJ Osborne. Oh, by the way. But this offense is going to give the Eagles a lot of problems. Suddenly, I think the Vikings could be 2-0 and if the Eagles don't shore up some of those holes on defense. And, you know, for all the talk about the big money that Jalen Hurts could command, I said, hey, you're looking at a $40, $40 million quarterback in Kirk Cousins. Say what you want. There's something to be said about competent quarterback playing the NFL. Yeah, look at Kirk Cousins now that Zimmer, Fred Flintstone isn't there. He threw for 211 yards or whatever in the first freaking half, bro. It was just the first half, uh, and he absolutely uh, lit it up. So, yeah, you got Monday Night Football, the Vikings and the Eagles. What did you think of um, What did you think of Trey Lance? What's your opinion on how this is going to move forward right now? Because I got to tell you, bro, there's one thing to lose and stuff, but it was that was rough. And listen, the, the entire team fell apart. It wasn't just him, but just focusing in on him – in that bad weather, he looked like a he looked like a quarterback that should be playing in like the Big Twelve or something, and not the NFL. Like he did not he didn't look ready for the NFL. I'll tell you that he got a built-in excuse with the weather. But I will say this: it's got to be concerning when 
Kyle Shanahan calls the leadership council. I guess 15 veterans are, are made up of this leadership council. And, and, and before the game, he says, guys, listen, you know, we brought back Jimmy. You got to have Trey's back, though. We got to have full support in the locker room now. We got to make sure that we rally around Trey because he knows the veterans. Basically, he was telling him, listen, if he sucks, don't turn on him because he's our guy, right? But at what point do those guys say to him, Bro, he's not our guy. He's your guy. And you're the one forcing this on everybody. Right. And the veterans are playing for a chip. And Trey Lance doesn't look like the guy to get in there. And talk about. I well, mean, I'm not throwing him under the bus yet, but understating. Some people are, and there are concerns there, right? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, the, the reason why they brought Jimmy G back is there's, and I was just going to say, like, Jimmy G's such a nice guy. If we played a little hardball with the Dallas situation, maybe he'd still be making $30 million this year. But, um, Listen, there's a reason why they brought Jimmy G back. Trey Lance isn't ready for the big stage. And it's not a matter of if they turn back to Jimmy G. It's when. You believe that. I know it. You you believe it. That, that, so, Here's and, the, and if that happens, is Trey Lance just one of the biggest busts ever? Because where is he going to play then? Like, I'll tell you let him play. Here's the telling sign. And I don't think we had a chance to talk about it on your show. But when they voted for the team captains, Kyle Shanahan said, hey, I could have named seven captains. I could have named eight captains. Like, oh, by the way, the Carolina Panthers did name eight, 18 captains. He said, no, I cut it off at six. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because you see what Mike Tomlin did in Pittsburgh with Mitchell Trubisky. Not only did he name him the starter, he named him a team captain because he knows he wants to win and he wants the team to know this is my guy. You That's know, a great point. He, that, was, that was settling the picket stuff down. He said, no, no, not only the quarterback. He's the captain of your football team. Correct. And so – when the vote tally came back, yeah. Kyle Shanahan said six team captains. You know why? You know who was seven, Gabe? Trey Lance. You know who was eight, by the way? Debo Samuel, which says a lot that your biggest playmaker gets the eighth most votes for team captain. <laughs> In the room. <laughs> my, point is, my point is, if Kyle Shanahan wanted this to be Trey Lance's team, he would have said, oh, you know what? You're a captain, Trey. But he knows that when he yanks him, he doesn't want to yank the captain because he knows He's going to have to go back to that wishing well. Great stuff from Rick Saratella. I like that you just dropped the deep Samuel. He got the eighth most votes on the team. Oh, he was. He, he did take down their, all their stuff off his social media. The players, the players are probably like, yeah, he's really good. But yeah, no, no he, he, he ain't the captain. Were you nuts? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's too good. <laughs> Samuel's that's the type of stuff too that Samuel see and think, oh yeah, you know, should never have come back here. You guys, son of a bitches. Yeah, that's great. Well, he's like as with dollar dollar bills, y'all. So he's <laughs> we can rip Trey Lance all we want. Uh, Samuel fumbled the ball. That could have pretty much iced that game. But that's another story. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't just him. That was an all around sloppy performance from from everybody. And we got to get out of here. But at some point, bro, you got to wonder when. Forget about Shanahan. Forget about um, um, you know, and, and and all the coaches and stuff. But what about Lynch and and everybody? That ownership group goes. You know what, guys? I'm getting sick of all this. Every year we hear we're the best team, and we're not. They better beat Seattle next week. Always a pleasure, Rick. I appreciate it, kids. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is Sports Rage. I am the Malcontent. Gabriel Moranzi, Sirius XM Channel 159, I'm out here 1090 ESPN Radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Let's do this thing. Um, all right, thanks to Rick Saratala for kicking with us on the program. And uh, thanks to Brett Saplesky and uh, George Kurtz. I want to get to a couple of uh, topics that we haven't gotten to uh, tonight, uh, but... If you are just uh, joining us, we raged a lot about the Denver Broncos and their clock mismanagement, the debacle, the debacle that was. They're going to, going to be sleepless uh, in Seattle if they decide to stay in Seattle tonight. I'll tell you that. Nate Hackett is getting lit. I haven't seen someone get torched on Twitter so much since Amber Heard. Like, and, you know, it's funny because everybody, it's funny. No, not one person. I didn't see any, there, was, there wasn't one person. Like, he's, there's literally millions of tweets about him and calling him a clown stuff. There wasn't one person that said before the game, you know, I think Nate Hackett could be a concern besides me, right, for the record. Just for the record. Just stating. Right? Just, uh, just stating all this. It's funny. You ever notice I'm like, like months ahead of everybody all the time? I swear to God, it's been this way my whole life. I was in a band when I was a kid called uh, Corrupted Youth, all right? And it was like 1984, 1985. I was like 14 years old and uh, 15, 16 type thing. Like in that era, like 1984, 1985, 1986. And... You know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, whatever. It was, it was a raw era at that time, and we were pretty good. Like, we were good, good. Like, you know what I mean? We were good. Like, we were very good. Like, we were ahead for, like, where most teenagers were type thing. It was like, whoa, you kids are, like, pretty damn good for kids. And, like, we got thrown in a studio, like a big-time studio and stuff, and people wanted to sign us and, like, all this. You know what I mean? They were like, man, you, you kids are really good, and you have a great name, Corrupted Youth. It's a great image and all this, right? And we really were just a bunch of juvenile delinquent kids. And so uh, we, we were rocking, and, you know, we were kids, so we had different styles and different songs and stuff. But we had a song called Corrupted Youth. And I swear to God, man, it was like Green Day, like a heavy Green Day, like 10 years, 20 years before Green Day. I listened back. Someone even told me, they're like, you know, they said, you know, this is like your guys riff from like the 80s. Right. And I was like, yeah, don't. I'm aware. I, I'm, I'm fully aware of this. Uh, same thing with metal. Like we were always sort of like a couple of years ahead or or behind. Right. It's And, and everything is about timing. Uh, everything is about timing uh, in this world. 
And uh, clearly the Denver Broncos did not have it tonight, right? (laughs) Clearly they did not have it tonight. But we were ahead of our time once again with telling you that it was a horrible hire. It was a horrible hire. I like to check the tape and, like, go back in time to how many people, whenever we talked about the Denver Broncos, everyone just sort of ignored me. Oh, yeah, well, you know, he was, we'll see. Uh, he, was with, he was with Green Bay. and Right? Yeah, what do you mean he was with Green Bay? Who cares? You know, you could take some, you know, Green Bay, there's Green Bay season ticket holders to be a better head coach uh, than Nate Hackett. Let's just call it out for what it is. It was a disaster. They made a massive mistake, and just like they screw up their quarterbacks all the time, now they get a good quarterback and they screw up the head coaching hire. I even heard, I even even heard his little mumble jumble about him talking after the game. The Broncos. So listen, one thing that's not Nate Hackett's fault is the fact that the Broncos lost two fumbles on rushes from the one yard line tonight. The last team to do this in a game was in uh, 1987. Uh, the Chiefs did it in a Week Four loss to the Raiders. Denver did not score a touchdown on any of their three trips inside the Seattle Seahawks 10-yard line tonight. Sounds like an offensive guru uh, at work. Geno Smith started the game tonight by completing his first 13 passes per Elias Sports Bureau, the only other quarterback since 1990 to complete each of their first 13 passes in a week one of a football game, or Jim Kelly in 1990, and the stash, Gardner Minshew, in 2019. Yeah, the thing is, uh, Minshew throws the ball two yards. So, uh, Jim Kelly, I like to see you know, the difference in yardage. <laughs> I like to, I like to see the difference. So, all the talk about Denver. Let's give credit to the Seattle Seahawks. Everybody talked about how terrible they were going to be. They were getting six and a half points. It's easy now uh, to say. And for the record, we were on the Seattle Seahawks tonight. And the Seattle Seahawks were the final entry in the Shady Five Super Contest um, as far as our picks this week. I don't like mushing stuff or talking about, you know what I mean? But at the same point in time, it's not a secret. And the week's done right now. So, like, I didn't I didn't talk too much about it, like, when we were rolling. But the week is done, and we finished the week 5-0. and oh. So I look forward to seeing... I don't know when we're going to see this. I guess tomorrow afternoon or so, whenever they they do the updated standings. We're going to find out tomorrow. Now, I guarantee you we're not the only team that went 5-0. All right? But the question is, how many other people went 5-0? It's tough to go wire to wire. It's like anything. But starting 5-0 is a nice freaking way to start this contest. I'll tell you that. So, yeah, the Shady 5. And the thing is, what's cool about this is, Everybody on the team is like on the show or like, you know what I mean? So we'll talk about it throughout the week. We'll talk about the picks and stuff. The team consists of me, Steve Merrill, Cam Stewart, Joe Ranieri, and Paul Bovey. It's an interesting mix of, uh, normally we wouldn't do a team with five, but we sort of did it. It was like for fun type of, we'll do it. We'll talk. It'll be good show content. We'll talk about it on the air and stuff. But now that we're 5-0, and oh, you know, it'll get serious fast. <laughs> Be like, all right, listen, can't screw it up this week. We went 5-0 and oh last week. Um, and they do have prizes for the best record every three weeks, too. So we're off and running. Like, we're in the mix. Put it that way. Hey, put, you put it this way. It's $10,000 every three weeks. So if we win, if we could go, if we could win 10 more straight picks, we'll win $10,000. Because if we go 15-0, and oh, we'll be in first place. Right, so that's that's one way of looking at it. Like it pretty simplifies it. I'm going to tell the crew that tomorrow. I'm going to remind them. I'm going to say, listen, if we can go ten and zero 
If we can win 10 straight picks, we'll win $10,000 cash. Just like that in the first three weeks of the season. We paid 1000 to get into the contest. We'll already be up $9,000. But we got to win 10 straight picks. <laughs> and there would be other teams that would be 15-0. Uh, Not too many, but there, there probably would be. It's funny because we finished in eighth place in this contest before and never went 5-0 and once. Never went 5-0 and once. And we went one and four, I think, twice. Like there was a cup, there was like a disaster once early. I think week one was like, whoa, we went one and four is a disaster. And there was another one. I think we might have went one and four. There was like we had a few pushes in the year and stuff. It was weird. But we also had like a strong run of like 12, 13 weeks in a row of just three and two, three and two, four and one, three and two, four and one, four and one, four and one, three and two, four and one. And so we're five and oh, team shady. Uh, it's the Shady Five. That's what it's called. The Shady Five. If you want to fall, like you see the standings and stuff. And we have another entry where it's me, um, Vegas T-Bone, Steel City Steve from Pittsburgh, and Casey, where we were partners years ago. We finished in eighth place. So we decided to enter again this year. And we went four and one, which is also a nice start. We'll take it. So I mean, I'm part of two teams. We're five and oh, and we're four and one. Let's keep this thing rolling. People always talk about how week one of the NFL is difficult. I like week one because you have all summer to look at it. And, you you know, you you can – week two is tricky. Week two is harder in the NFL because now do you take what you saw in week one? Do you – you know what I mean? Every team that won a week one is not winning in week two, and every team that lost in week one isn't losing in week two. Right, so it gets trickier now to take away. Well, was that sort of because of this, or did were they actually good? Are they good? Is this team not as good as we thought they were? It gets trickier, and I think a classic example of this trickiness coming up right now is teams that we've talked a lot about in the last 24 hours: the Seattle Seahawks and San Francisco 49ers. I think you know what. I think if you look at the San Francisco 49ers, I'm not going to compare them to Ohio State. It's a little bit different, but in a way, in a way, I think it's the same. Ohio State last year favored against Michigan. They lost the game outright. Ohio State favorites against Utah. Barely won, didn't cover. Ohio State plays Notre Dame. Notre Dame just lost to Marshall. Ohio State, like, were losing at the half, and you know, they were big favorites. They barely won the game. Their offense got held in check. And here we are with San Francisco again. Like, let's just take out the hype and take out everything. Let's, like I said, let's just pretend, like, let's just, from what we have just witnessed this weekend, we all just saw the San Francisco 49ers play football yesterday. We all just saw the Seattle Seahawks play football tonight. If you were making, you were an odds maker, and somebody said, all right, you just watch this team play and you watch this team play. What would the number be? Be like, well, okay, it is in, you know, so you're telling me this team and the neon tonight, they're going to this team that lost yesterday's home now? Let's say, I don't know, let's make the uh, let's make the 49ers a three or three and a half point favorite. We'll give them a couple of points here because they're supposed to be better, but you know what I mean? You know, let's, you know, four, four and a half. Like in what world, like, should they be eight and a half point favorites? Like what, what, did, what, 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 you know, if you are one of the people that are out there and it seems to be about 92% of you that think that Trey Lance sucks and he should be playing in North Dakota State still, 
then how the hell do you not take eight and a half points of the Seattle Seahawks? Or are we overreacting? Or is it that the Seattle Seahawks just played their Super Bowl, just played the game of their life against the quarterback to put a knife in their back and wanted to go and play in another city? Uh, you know how important this was to Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, obviously, listen, Pete Carroll isn't the coach that he used to be, but Pete Carroll can out-coach Nate Hackett. I can out-coach Nate Hackett. And I'll tell you one thing about Pete Carroll, too, in the Seattle Seahawks situation. You remember all the old vets when they left Seattle and stuff? They all mocked, like, uh, Pete Carroll on the way out. They were like, man... This guy's been giving the same speech before the game for 20 years, and we've heard all of his raw, raw stuff and this and that, and like they all sort of like mocked it and tuned it out. You'll notice when there's younger guys on the team with around Pete Carroll, they like him. They like him because Pete Carroll's a nice guy and stuff, right? So these old dudes just sort of like, you know, whatever. They were just jerks. So. The young guys, you know, it's the two offensive rookie linemen. They play great tonight for the for Seattle. They like the enthusiasm, and I think Pete Carroll sort of rejuvenated a little bit, even though we've criticized him in the past couple of years. I think he's rejuvenated with younger people who have a chip on their shoulder that want to play for him, and we saw that. I'll tell you what. Listen, man. Seattle and San Francisco has always been a freaking battle, Okay. It's been a rivalry where you throw the records out. Okay, let's play devil's advocate on the other side. Jamal Adams got hurt tonight. I don't know his situation right now. I'm not a doctor, but I'm assuming he's not playing, right, on, on Sunday. Well, Elijah Mitchell's also not playing for a couple of months because, of course, San Francisco, it happens all the time. There's Now their new star running back, now he's hurt. He's out for two months. Okay, bad spot. Bad spot for Seattle playing on Monday night. Yeah, whatever. San Francisco just played in terrible conditions in the Midwest. Had to fly back to the Bay Area, what, 16 hours earlier? And it's not like Seattle and San Francisco is a big trip for the Hawks uh, later in the week anyways. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Oh, yeah. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. All right, uh, we're into the three-minute warning. What a wild, uh, what a wild weekend, eh? Man, 
Man, this whole, you know, we got college football. That was a whirlwind. We haven't even gotten really wrapped up that wild weekend of college football that went down uh, over the weekend. But I wanted to get to something. Our back's against the wall. Uh, congratulations to J.J. McCarthy for winning the uh, Michigan Wolverines starting quarterback position. Not a shock. It, you know, it was pretty clear that when Harbaugh said this thing's a competition, Look, if you're Cade McNamara, you led Michigan to a double-digit win season last year. You beat the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, it was tough for, for Harbaugh just to take this away from him. But at the same point in time, it's nothing against Cade. And you look at the Georgia Bulldogs last year who won the national championship. Both quarterbacks contributed. Players get hurt, man. Stuff changes. It's a week-by-week thing. And I love what Harbaugh said. Um, in his interview today with the local uh, local campus uh, beat um, you know uh, tribe, that you know life's about competition, and he said, "Listen, me and my brother, they you know what I mean they played in the Super Bowl. He didn't bring the Super Bowl, but he goes, me and my brother, and he said, my mother you know at a young age told us there, do you know what I mean? It's just about one day at a time. She said, just do, be yourselves one day at a time and everything will work out in the end. And, and anyone who watched a lot of college football this weekend, there was a lot of talk, man. Guys, we're in an era right now where there's like stud quarterbacks on every team. You have to have more than one. Alabama, man, they had two on Jalen Hurts. You know what I mean? Michigan's in a great spot. Cade McNamara's a solid kid. He's a good quarterback. J.J. McCarthy might be able to win the Heisman. Michigan can't have it, hasn't been able to say that in a, in a while. And if you don't believe me, look at the Heisman odds right now. This kid, this kid's the real deal, man. This kid's the real deal. Played hockey too. I like this. And now he just didn't play hockey. Like he's got, he was a good hockey player. Like he played elite, elite youth hockey. Tough kid. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. 